0: This series was independently funded so you could gain insight into how the media operates. Journalists rarely report on their own practices. If you're interested in hearing more from others under the spotlight, you can help by making a one-off contribution. Just click on the link in the show notes.
1: Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: It was described by the media as every parent's worst nightmare. The disappearance of a child, and later realisation that he'd been abducted and murdered by a pedophile. Australian couple Bruce and Denise Morecam have lived that nightmare since 2003.
2: A large search so far has failed to turn up any clues to Daniel's whereabouts and police have set up a major incident room.
0: The Morecams would do anything to get their teenage son back including sacrificing their privacy to appeal for information from the public. It's getting desperate, we need him back. (laughs) We want Daniel back. Although traumatised and scared of facing the media, they knew they needed to get their message out. Reporters, in turn, developed a reliance on Bruce and Denise to feed our fascination with adversity and the strength of the human spirit. They just love tragedy
1: and grieving families. They just love it. They have the funeral, they have the tears, and then they go to the next family that's got got some grief.
2: If Daniel wasn't an interesting story or case or infamous case in the public arena, the media wouldn't wouldn't, um, run that story.
0: These ordinary Australians rose to prominence through an extraordinary event, walking a delicate line between being pursued by reporters and seeking publicity. They learned how the media operates to keep Daniel's case in the news for over a decade, from the search to arrest and conviction of his murderer. Along the way, they discovered the tricks of a competitive trade, the manipulation and misrepresentation of individuals in the creation of a public profile and image. I'm Fiona Reynolds, a journalist and former media executive who has turned trauma into news and survivors into celebrities, plucking unknowns like Bruce and Denise from obscurity. Through their role as child safety campaigners, they remain in the spotlight. Being easily identifiable, even in a crowd, comes at a price, though. The Morecams now have to be conscious of how others may see them.
2: We're not recognisable as the same people.
1: We're not the same people. I mean, as silly as it sounds, sometimes you want to go to the supermarket and leave your trolley next to your car. You have to look around, you have to go and put it back in the trolley thing.
0: This is the inside story on what it's like to become an accidental celebrity. Episode 4, The Missing Schoolboy. A warning, you'll hear graphic descriptions that you may find disturbing. A 13-year-old boy walked up the long, steep driveway that led him away from the safety of home. He reached the highway that runs past Palmwoods, a peaceful rural town surrounded by rolling hills in the Sunshine Coast hinterland of southeast Queensland. Less than a kilometer from home was a bus stop beneath an overpass bridge. It was Sunday, the 7th of December 2003 and the boy in the red t-shirt waited for the scheduled 1:35 p.m. pickup. Daniel Morgan was on his way to buy Christmas presents and have a haircut at the Sunshine Plaza shopping center, half an hour away. His bus had broken down, and when Daniel tried hailing the replacement sent to pick up stranded passengers, it went straight past because it was running late. When a second bus arrived at the stop about 2 minutes later, He was gone. Daniel had left his older brother Dean and twin Bradley at home. Parents Bruce and Denise feared something terrible had happened when they realised he'd failed to return by late afternoon. Despite multiple reports to police and frantic searches of the area, their son was still missing the next morning. The Morecams insisted Daniel was no runaway. His description and photo were initially released to the public through regional media, broadcast locally, and printed on page two of the Sunshine Coast Daily newspaper. Police fear for missing boy. Word about unusual events circulates quickly in small communities. A scruffy man was seen by bus passengers and motorists standing behind or near the boy at the stop. Within a day of the regional coverage, the story spread statewide, picked up by the Courier-Mail newspaper published 100km south in metropolitan Brisbane. One of its reporters lived near the Morecams and appeared at their home. Denise, was sitting on the veranda.
1: I was a bit scared because we didn't know anything about the media at the time. She just sort of came down the drive. I remember you were my the lawn.
2: Yeah, I remember her there. I don't remember um, too much about the interview, though. She appealed more as a, a neighbour, um, as against, uh, you know, a cold journalist just
0: mm-hmm. knocking
2: on the door saying, here I am. So, you know, that was perhaps a bit of a soft approach.
0: Red-eyed from tears and lack of sleep, the Palmwoods couple could not understand how their boy could have disappeared within a space of minutes while on his way to get a haircut. The Courier-Mail overlaid police statements with family insights, reinforcing the urgency and impact. A photo of Daniel with his two brothers dressed in school uniforms encourage readers to further relate to the Morecams. Access to people who can be called victims or survivors dramatically increases the likelihood of media coverage, the position of the story, and the amount of broadcast time or print centimetres allocated. When the Courier Mail article was published almost three days after Daniel seemed to vanish into thin air, police asked Bruce and Denise to help widen interest in the investigation. The couple was hesitant; they ran a lawn mowing business and were unaccustomed to performing for news crews, let alone while in shock and exhausted. We
1: were driven to the back of the police station and taken like up the back back stairs. We were just taken into this room, and there was just media everywhere, cameras and microphones and hmm. we just didn't know what was going on It
2: was actually um it was terrifying for us because we've had no experience with media especially with perhaps 30 people interested in covering the story. And, you know, with our dealing with police was zero, you know. Um, so to sit in the police stations and not natural surroundings either. Um, it, was, it was very controlled. Yeah, it was, um, it was well organised, but because that was our first major media thing, it, it was terrifying. It doesn't matter if you think something you saw or heard is insignificant, we plead for you to please come forward. Daniel's not returning home on Sunday, is totally out of character, and there is no reason for Daniel not to come home. I did leave that press conference, I don't know, 15 minutes later, I'm quite relieved that we got the message out there that we wanted, and there were no questions that were difficult. Good evening, Uh, can I thank you for your attendance?
0: News crews will often attend staged events for fear of missing out on the story and potentially audiences. The organisers take advantage of competition and the pack mentality helping drive decisions about newsworthiness. Press conferences both provide and control interactions with multiple reporters.
2: That was the typical media experience that that we relive when you see other family members marched out sitting, you know, in between a couple of police officers appealing to the public for information because, um, you know, of a serious crime against somebody in their family, or they're looking for a lost loved one, and we sort of look at that and say, we've been there, we've sat with the media glare on that.
0: From that day, the Queensland Police Media Unit provided the Morecams with what they describe as crucial assistance, fielding reporter inquiries, issuing statements, and arranging news events. Then Senior Sergeant Julie Elliott became Bruce and Denise's guiding light, warning about what they might expect while shielding them from intrusion.
1: We were sort of told, be careful of the media, they'll be taking photos and filming you in the front yard with your dressing gown you on and things like that. And so, looked over your shoulder a little bit, but that really didn't happen. No, never.
0: Bruce and Denise followed every instruction from police on when to appear publicly and what to say in the early search for clues, including participating in a reenactment of their son's last known movements a week after he went missing.
1: I, I was basically told what to say, given a piece of paper, so you know, you've got to say, haven't seen Daniel for so many days, blah, blah, whatever, bring him home. And I think they were very happy when I was crying. And they still show that vision on different media outlets now.
2: Trembling and holding back the tears, Denise Morecambe could barely find the words to plead for help.
0: The Australian newspaper alerted the nation to the family's private pain and public appeal. Two months later, Woman's Day magazine placed their despair alongside celebrity news and other light entertainment. Kidnapped twins' desperate plea: Bring my brother
2: back. I don't think there's any doubt. If Daniel's body had been found on day two, for argument's sake, we wouldn't have done any media at all. The only only reason for doing that was it's to appeal gone. for information. One hundred percent.
0: As the search dragged on, consuming Bruce and Niece's every waking moment, community concern became a coordinated campaign. With red ribbons symbolizing the color the missing teen was wearing, posters, leaflets, and stickers distributed, and a day for Daniel launched among numerous fundraising events. Singer-songwriter Tanya Netherway released what became an anthem, donating all proceeds to crime stoppers. Someone seen Daniel, someone seen Daniel, someone Not too late. The public understood if something so horrible could happen to this family, it could happen to anyone. The search for Daniel Morecambe morphed into the biggest manhunt in Queensland's history.
2: Actually, Justin, we've got another bit of information that's coming about another blue car. All right.
0: This chilling insight from Denise on the ABC's Australian Story program four months into the investigation echoed police suspicions about what may have happened to the reserved young motocross rider who shared her blue-grey eyes. Daniel was good-looking.
1: Maybe a pedophile taken advantage of that.
0: Bruce and Denise realised the case could be long-running and they'd have to work hard to maintain public interest and support. They studied how media outlets operate, not only cooperating with reporters, but creating news. The Morecams had readily handed over photographs of their handsome brown-haired boy to increase the chances of a public sighting, then discovered that the careful, trickled out release of personal images can help keep a story running. It's a strategy they use to affect, with newly available pictures, providing a fresh angle like any other information.
2: Of course, we had photo albums of Daniel, you know, from a couple of days old to to uh, almost fourteen. But if if a media um, person asked for a couple of photos, we would selectively find one or two and keep the rest away, because we knew that another you know, seven or nine or another paper or magazine would knock on their door in the months or a year ahead. So. They've already used those photos. Have you got a photo that hasn't been used before and we always kept a few up our sleeve? I suppose it was us trying to use the media to our advantage and sometimes we would keep things back.
0: The Morgans also became acutely aware they couldn't control how they'd be portrayed. While they set up news events, reporters and camera crews could still manipulate the coverage. Bruce and Denise complained about one picture snapped beneath the overpass in the year after Daniel was abducted.
2: Lots of people have left cards and things, and someone made a wooden cross.
1: And they took a photo of us. It was a hot, stinking hot day. We were sweating, we were overweight, and we just looked terrible. I think think a journalist
2: actually said, you know, you know, in the in the moment because it was busy. I don't know what we were doing there. It was busy, and a journalist just said, "Oh, can you just hold this?" And they'd gone bang before we said, what, what are you giving us? And then, so that was a photo of us uh, holding a religious cross, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And, you know, nothing wrong with that, but it paints the picture we're, we're perhaps more oh, we religious and, and churchy than we genuinely are. Mm-hmm. And periodically up would come that photo, and then another three months up would come that photo.
0: Remember, they'd led quiet country lives while raising three sons, unknown to anyone outside a circle of family, friends and acquaintances. Suddenly, they had to consider their public image.
2: I, I did a, a sign, I don't know when it was, in the first week it probably was, and I was going to put it down the underpass. It was obviously in a time of of uh, great hurt, but um, I didn't show any media that sign for about a year. I just kept it in our, remember the rural probably, kept it in our barn there, but I did I didn't destroy it because I knew one day I'll need a story, and I know they need a headline.
1: Well, you we did have a big noose hanging off it,
2: and we did bring it out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it said, "Swing you bastard! Oh. Justice will be done." I was going to take down the other pass, but I, as much as you know, Bruce Malcolm wanted to do that. Bruce Malcolm said, talking to himself, "You can't do that. Can't look angry because the public will turn against you for upsetting kids that are going to drive past and."
0: Eighteen months after the nightmare began, they created the Daniel Morecambe Foundation, seeking to use their national media profile in a positive way, giving back to the community. And our objectives are to keep an
1: ongoing awareness program for child safety, help other victims of crime
0: where children are involved, and to keep the community vigilant on crimes against children. The Morkums' accidental celebrity status was constantly reinforced as they visited hundreds of schools across Australia. Our son Daniel was just like you guys. He too. Felt safe. They counted on media coverage when sharing their safety message, while vowing to One never day. give up trying to find their he son. He catch a bus. He didn't make it onto the bus. It was eight long years, though, before they'd learned the terrible truth about what happened to Daniel. After thousands of leads, a coronial inquest, and an undercover sting operation, convicted sex offender Brett Peter Cowan was arrested on the 13th of August, 2011. Police! Stay there, Brett.
1: Stay there, mate. Stay where you are. Stay where you are. Stay where you are.
0: Police. All right, you're under arrest for the murder of Daniel Walken. Yep, cool. I'm under arrest for Daniel's, Daniel Walkin's murder. Cowan was charged with murder, indecent treatment of a child under 16, and interfering with a corpse.
2: Uh, It's it's an extremely difficult time, and uh, and last night was not pleasant at all.
0: The following day, Bruce and Denise addressed a large media contingent on the nature strip outside their home. Some journalists were in tears.
2: And we've said right from day one, the person that's responsible picked on the wrong family, and we said we'll never give up. uh, well, we're true to our word, but uh, also the media have been terrific. They've never given up and, of course, the police have
0: never given up. The Morcoms decided against further interviews about the arrest, fearing that could negatively impact a trial.
1: Next thing we hear, Mum and Dad's going to be on the Today Show. Right? Yeah, and,
2: and morning. Because they're basically 80 years old and the journalist had, had teed up, or more probably more a producer, teed up for them and then the Herald Sun or Sun Herald, whatever it's called,
1: no, the herald son knocked on their door on the Monday morning after the arrest. Yeah. Just so turned they, up and we didn't even know
2: how they knew. So they were yeah. being intrusive with a couple of 80-year-olds that happened to be Daniel's grandparents. And, I, well, we found that quite upsetting and we were quite annoyed, to be honest. I think t- taking advantage of their good nature, but, you know, they're elderly people.
0: Visiting the home of a bereaved person in an attempt to gather their thoughts and feelings is what journalists call a death knock. In contrast, Daniel's twin Bradley participated in a rare pre-arranged interview with the Australian Women's Weekly magazine that week, speaking about his ongoing heartache while promoting the foundation. During the photo shoot, Bruce and Denise received an upsetting call from police who believed they'd found a shoe belonging to Daniel?
2: We weren't in the right space to do that story with that uh, magazine, um, so basically we declined on the spot. And as as we were doing that, I remember the photographer who had the you know the fancy big lenses. He he had the the camera on his you know on his head, like low down, and you could hear it going click 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 because he he was capturing. And they used one of those, one of those photos. photos. They printed it as black and white you know, and we didn't give them approval to use that photo.
0: A few more days later, Daniel's remains were found in the Glasshouse Mountains on the Sunshine Coast. Amid the media frenzy, a team from the Nine Network faked live television news crosses from a helicopter, claiming it was over the primary search site when in fact it had returned to Brisbane. The Morecombs largely ignored what media rivals labelled Choppergate, determined not to lose sight of their mission. In March 2014, Cowan was found guilty of choking Daniel to death and disposing of his body not long after the abduction. The sentence was life imprisonment. Finally, justice... After a decade-long campaign, with the police, public, and media all playing a part,
1: I suppose if we hadn't with, interacted with the media, the publicity wouldn't have gone out that far, and I don't know whether Daniel's case would have been solved. I don't
2: know. The strongest ally or the, the biggest tool in our arsenal is the media. They, they're going to solve the case, and,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's the you know the publicity that's been driven it has.
0: life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much like
2: unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance
0: plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com the life of relative anonymity that bruce and denise morcom once enjoyed now seems so long ago in almost every respect The Queensland couple has led two lives, a purely private one before Daniel's abduction and murder in 2003, eroded by the public profile they have since built through the media, recognisable to strangers across Australia.
2: You'd like to go back to the person that you were.
1: Back to the private life?
2: Yeah, with the foundation that's just not possible. Because we we are the face of the foundation and we know that even though we're not comfortable with it.
0: I first met the Morecams in 2003 in the lounge room of their original Palmwoods home as they sat with Queensland's police minister being reassured that investigators were working hard to find their son. As media advisor to the minister, I stayed in the background, observing without intruding on the couple's immense distress and confusion. When we met again for this interview, they were taking a break from the spotlight in a small community outside Hobart in the island state of Tasmania. The Morgans had purchased a second home where anonymity wasn't guaranteed, but they could at least retreat from their heightened visibility in Queensland. While the sadness will always remain, Bruce and Denise are today in control of their lives, media-savvy, and able to reflect on what it's like to unexpectedly step into the public arena.
1: I don't think you can ever. I can never get used to what I look like in the paper or on the on the TV.
2: No, you're never comfortable.
1: Why is that? I suppose you perceive yourself as someone that looks different to what you really look like, in the way your voice sounds.
0: They became household names and familiar faces, representative of an ordinary family's extraordinary loss and determination. Denise recognises that while police may have hoped displays of emotion would compel witnesses to provide much-needed information on Daniel's whereabouts, reporters and editors have also expected the couple to show signs of suffering.
1: They always went for my eyes. They always... Have the camera right at my eyes,
0: the close shot.
1: Yeah, I hate it, especially opening up the newspaper front page or something. There's a big portrait of yourself.
0: Why do you think they're doing that?
1: Because my eyes tell the story. There was one
2: where I was being interviewed, and Denise had just taken a couple of steps backwards, um, more or less into the, the the journalist area that were asking the question. The photo they they used was was Denise peering through a couple of bodies at at me and Mm. you can see the intensity. I mean, the photo's got to tell a story, doesn't it? But you can see the intensity in Denise's concentration and the the camera was focused on Denise's eyes looking at me.
0: Just thanks to everybody. It isn't enough for a traumatised person to simply share their story. Audiences can best comprehend the psychological impact when it's physically obvious. Posing the same question multiple times in different ways is one of the techniques reporters often employ in their hunt for tears.
2: I used to say, um, and I did like, I don't know, a few moments to myself before a press conference or making a comment in the media, was just making sure I was composed and I was making sure, you know, they're going to ask me questions that I'm not aware of, but making sure I had a reason to get a particular message across and... Um, I always made sure that um, I was a bit like the Easter Island statue. They were never going to get me emotional.
0: Stoic is a word regularly used by the media to describe Bruce alongside a distraught-looking Denise, which may reflect the way they were captured, but not their character.
1: We're both portrayed as pretty serious, I would think, but we always we like a joke and a laugh.
2: Many times um, a, a journalist will do a story like a print journalist, whether magazine or paper, and the photographer sometimes isn't there when the story's being done. You know, they'll come in the afternoon or the next day, just depending on what sort of circulation it is. And clearly they have a brief of what style of photo, you know, one like this, one like that, I imagine. And we're, again, we again, we quite often know the photographers. And, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, can you put your arm here? Can you have the walking shot? The, the typical sort of Rapper shots shows. they like. And we have a smile on our face. Let's say for family portraits, just smile for, a, for a, a photograph. And they say, "No, I don't no, want you to it, smile. Very
1: serious.
2: Yeah, we want you to look a bit glum, and, you know, a bit sad." And very often, that's what they. Just, so that's portraying us as you know, we try and have a smile and a bit of a joke to get through the day. But that's not what they want to photograph.
0: The couple regularly witness the surprised look on people's faces when they flash a big smile. We feel we know the Morecambs. They're like many of us, people who are leading everyday lives. That's the resonance of the tragedy. In truth, their experience is unimaginable and at times packaged by reporters in ways they didn't even expect.
2: Quite often the question they ask, has a perceived area they want the answer because they've already structured the story um, you know, with vision or film clips or something else. So they want you to say... This particular sentence or that particular sentence, and not give a broad comment about something else, and they'll keep firing until they get that quote, which then feeds into their story, and that's what they wanted. Because uh, I presume they've just had a meeting before they leave, and um, that's that's the angle that story has to portray. Previously, I thought thought it was honest and balanced, but now it's you know largely smoke and mirrors to some degree, and and. Painting a particular area that they're interested in.
0: Bruce and Denise do rate the media very highly overall, particularly local news outlets that have been both helpful and respectful. Some reporters they now consider friends.
2: TV news, local newspapers, and, local uh, newspaper- news and newspapers news. have been good.
0: They have the least amount of trust for journalists who live outside their corner of southeast Queensland. In particular, those working for national magazines and television current affairs shows.
2: Uh, They're totally ruthless.
1: They're just after their sales. They just want a soft story to sell.
2: They're they're like animals after a carcass. They just want that story and they have no sympathy or couldn't care less um, once they've gone.
1: But I know TV stations didn't give a damn about us. That was ratings.
2: They make us feel guilty when we will go on this network uh, ahead of this network, and truly, I couldn't care less. I want the story out there and that's it, because no-one's paying us. So, you know, I don't owe anybody any favours, but that's about it, is the competitiveness. You know, we're we're really appreciative of the work of the police, but also the media.
0: While the Morgan family has been a commodity to media outlets in the chase for audiences, they have not sought to commercialise their tragedy, largely sharing their story freely with reporters. At times, they've agreed to exclusive interviews in exchange for heavy promotion of the foundation or practical support for its activities.
2: It's just, can you do a favour or a job for us? It's to help the foundation anyway. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we've approached it with, you know, you scrub my back and I'll scrub your yes. back and that's that's really been And it's more a favour. Can you just do something for us somewhere else?
1: Or well, we might do a story. Like, oh, Bruce will say, oh, can you go and ask that? Football player for a a jumper and get signed for the dance. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: they're not the only accidental celebrities who have sought publicity for a cause, as distinct from limiting media access, which can make news crews more gung ho and draw criticism. With the Queensland Police Media Unit acting as go-between, and no clear opportunity to cash in on an unfolding tragedy, the Morcoms were never approached by a professional agent nor did they seek to be represented by one. They do admit to being a little envious of others who have been offered financial deals, although they have no regrets.
2: We're in a different space where we needed the media. Some media people that perhaps don't need the media but find themselves in that space do command an appearance fee. And, well, it's jealousy, I suppose, is what it is. We're financially... Well, look, way over a million dollars down. There's no, no question of that in income and asset sales and business. You know, we've lost a million dollars, Um through through our heartache and our story.
1: I know we think we're going to do the story. We needed the media to get keep Daniel's story out there, and they well, knew that
2: we wouldn't be um, holding our heads up in the in the public arena as we do now. If there was a smear of money, I mean, I think people appreciate we we did it for the right reasons, was to find Daniel, find those responsible, and now we're doing our work for the foundation, and it's, it was never a money issue, but I would have liked some. <laughs> so I'm not sure how you balance that. We would do it for free anyway. Yeah. We, we did it for the right reason, and, and we're proud of that.
0: Constant appearances on the television, radio, in print and online undoubtedly placed a strain on some of the Morecambs' personal relationships. Most of their friends from before Daniel's disappearance became more distant for several years after.
2: They're the more or less thinking, to to, you know, let it go.
1: Instead of getting up, getting out in the radio again.
2: Mm. They wonder why we do what we do. They don't, they don't get it, I suppose. But.
1: I think for like six years, we really didn't see most of them. They sort of just kept away because they thought that we were... You'd what he taught you for him to be too much in the media and things like that. You were Likes liking
0: them. the attention. Is that the well, idea? Yeah, you're... I yeah,
1: think so. They thought mm. we were celebrities and always in the media, and, mm. and, mm. and it wasn't like that mm. yeah, for us. Yeah, mm.
0: but
2: they're right. We didn't have to do what we did, but we we did it initially to find Daniel, and we continue to do it for the you know the good of the foundation.
0: By participating in the creation of a high profile, they also exposed themselves to potential criticism from strangers on social media, an unfortunate symptom of becoming well-known.
2: We appreciate the award.
0: Bruce and Denise were named Joint Queensland Australian of the Year in 2012.
2: Thank you, everybody.
0: And were in line for the national honour. They posted on Facebook a photograph of themselves at a barbecue hosted by the Governor-General before the Australian of the Year announcement. Among the comments of lovely photo and hope you go well tomorrow was one they deleted.
2: You try not to have negative comments hurt you um, and you can dismiss it pretty easy, but it was one, uh, I don't know, from just some anonymous person, but the comment was uh, celebrity or victim. Yeah. Celebrities or victims. And we thought, you pig...
0: The Morecams consider themselves survivors rather than victims. They make a distinction too between fame that is achieved because of an accomplishment or professional position and becoming prominent by chance through a newsworthy event, as they did.
1: not the same person as 2003. We're probably not as shy now. And if you're meeting like a a celebrity or someone like that, it's just shake hands and say hello and you move on to the next person because I don't see an actor or someone high up any better than the person that lives next door, that's what I think.
0: Whether a survivor has willingly remained in the public eye, feels their privacy was permanently snatched from them, or was able to slip from view, they all crave returning to a normal private life. Dean and Bradley preferred to keep out of the spotlight while growing up so they could lead their own lives. For those who once felt anonymous in a crowd, becoming well-known can force a lifestyle change or at least influence their behaviour when carrying out otherwise mundane activities for fear of how they'll be perceived. If someone cuts yes.
1: you off... You can't, you just, you can't you, swear at
0: them and put your fingers nah. at them in the nah. street. You have to drive with
1: a smile. That's... It's, it's pretty petty, petty but it is. is. You have, it to, be, is, you have uh,
0: to be perfect. People stare. Strangers take a second glance,
1: or someone might say, oh, I know you from somewhere. Have you been here before? Or, and then, then it clicks, Ah, you're Daniel's parents. No, but we've it... always kept our face and ourselves out there to keep Daniel's name out there and the foundation out there, and that's now stopped our privacy because everyone knows who we are.
0: Have you ever experienced a, um, a feeling of, of celebrity, being a celebrity? We have been mocked.
2: at fates or something like that. Um, you know, we're invited. Uh, to make a guest appearance, to draw the raffle, that sort of thing. And, and sometimes... Um,
1: it's a bit overwhelming.
2: Yeah.
0: While the encounters are mostly friendly, the Morecombs are constantly reminded that one of their children was murdered.
2: The, the, probably the thing that I find uncomfortable is, and it happens almost every day, is someone, you know, not so much giving you a hug or shaking your hand, saying, so you keep up with good work, you know, whatever. Sometimes... Uh, Adult males, you know, with teary eyes, they're doing that. But um, when somebody says, uh, sorry for your loss, as they're shaking a hand, that's just one of those phrases that irritates me.
1: Um, Oh, I know how you feel. Nobody knows how you feel. We get that one. Well, well, a lot of people want to meet us because they've had
2: had personal loss in their life. They
1: want to push that onto you. Lots of people,
2: yeah, it's like a club.
1: And it's not something that I can handle very well.
2: Mm.
0: soon after Cowan was found guilty of Daniel's murder in 2014 the Morgans released a book Where Is Daniel? The Family's Story written with journalist Lindsay Simpson just perhaps that marked the start of a new chapter in their lives After years of only being referred to in the media as parents of the missing schoolboy, or worse, parents of the slain schoolboy, they're relieved to now be called child safety campaigners. Bruce and Denise expect that as long as they champion the Daniel Morecambe Foundation, working full-time for the cause, they'll be publicly recognisable.
2: Yeah, we we actually... um Try and balance that up with a period of not being in the media spotlight. We purposely, um, structure into our diary, I suppose, um, a, a period where we're not going to schools or we're not, you know, doing something or launching something so that, you know, for a period of a couple of months or six weeks or something, um, there is nothing newsworthy about us. So we, we try and withdraw from that because we're quite concerned that we'll be overexposed and, Um, Because people will be sick of us. So we try and always balance that as much as we can.
0: Bruce and Denise Morecambe effectively said goodbye to anonymity when their son Daniel was abducted and murdered in 2003. They feel for people trying to survive traumatic events similar to theirs, knowing they'll be caught between preferring privacy and needing publicity.
1: They have to get out there and speak with the media if they want help with their with their situation. I mean, every family's different. Uh, I, I think you have to do the right thing with the media. Treat them with respect as well to get your story out there. I, w-
2: I would suggest uh, don't pretend, be the person you are, and uh, an- answer questions as uh, as honestly as you can. Because I, I think the the public see through lies and see through fakeness, and you know we've we've never. You know, we've been terribly uncomfortable many times, but um, we've just been Daniel's parents and that's all we've ever tried to be, nothing special.
0: Next time, The Great Escape. Todd Russell was an ordinary family man leading an unremarkable life in a small Australian community when he clocked on for the night shift mining almost a kilometre underground. When he and workmate Brant Webb finally rose to the surface two weeks later, they were internationally fated for their courage and strength. The rockfall at the Beaconsfield gold mine in 2006 claimed one life, and the media stripped its two survivors of their anonymity, the pursuit often angering a traumatised Todd.
2: There's just no privacy, you know, you had them camping across the road, you had them camping up on the hill with them big telescopic lenses and stuff that they've got, taking photos, just trying to get an exclusive photo so they had something to put in the paper and, you know, I thought that was, you know, quite rude.
0: Todd Russell didn't want to be anything other than a normal country boy. Even the opportunity to meet some of his idols couldn't make up for what it's like to become an accidental celebrity. The Accidental Celebrity series is researched, written and produced by me, Fiona Reynolds. Sound design, Term 6 Podcast Productions. Graphics, Cheeky Turtle Productions. Editorial and production support, Sally Eales, Paula Donovan, Sue Bell and Graham Maddy. The term Accidental Celebrity was coined by leading Australian academics Graham Turner, Francis Bonner and David Marshall.